Welcome, 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 women, to another exciting episode of Relentless, the podcast. I am your host, Dr. Janae Bryce. We are relentless. Why? Because we can't stop. We don't stop. We won't stop. Searching the unsearchable riches of the wonderful Word of God. I am so excited about what the Lord has for us today. I can't wait to jump right in. It's it's a good one too. (laughs) It's a good one. Um, So first, as is my custom, I would like to give a shout out um, to those churches, associations, nonprofit organizations um, who have helped me down through the years by inviting me to share my gift, whether in a word of poetry, emceeing a program, speaking on a Sunday morning, anniversaries, appreciations, uh, um, conventions, conferences, military services, whatever it has been down through the years. I want to thank you for allowing me to share. So today's shout out goes to the Texas Educational Baptist State Convention. I was blessed to teach a class during that convention last year during uh, about this time. Uh, I taught a class entitled The Church's Reply to Sexual Assault. The reality, the response, and the resources. So I am thankful for First Lady Diane Davis. Um, Thank you for the invitation and the consideration and the fellowship. So God bless you for allowing me to share, um, just letting me do what I do. Um, So I say, um, in the words of Paul, when he was thinking about and talking to the church at Philippi, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. So with that in mind, we turn to today's lesson. So let me just share some thoughts today. As I pondered about what to share and um, just how to say what I needed to say, the Lord just arrested my thoughts um, so much that I started thinking about love the idea of love, what it means, the action of love. Now, in English, we only have the one word for love, and it's just love. For us, it's the context that makes the difference. That's why we can say things like, I love my daughter, and also say, I love cupcakes. (laughs) Uh, It's the context that makes the difference. We understand the person listening to you understands the difference. They're not the same, though the word itself is the same. The feelings are different. Now, in the Greek, of course, there are several words for love. Um, Agape, you know, that sacrificial love in spite of. Phileo, that brotherly love. Sturge, that has to do with family ties. Um, Yeah, there are other words, but um, many love songs have included uh, examples that explain eros. That romantic love reserved for that special someone, that husband, that wife, that lover. It's what Anita Baker called real love, real love. (laughs) She was so serious, she said it twice. Real love, real love. (laughs) Oprah Winfrey said, abuse ain't love because real love don't hurt. So when you're talking about love, so many different things pop into the mind. But with that, um, those definitions or those ideas in mind, we'll turn to 1 John 4 and 10. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10. Well, actually, let's back up. Let's back up to verse 9. 1 John 
chapter four, verses nine and 10. We'll start at verses nine and 10. And of course, I'm reading out of the beloved King James version of scripture, New Testament. Um, it's just my favorite. I'm sure you all have your favorites. <laughs> uh, we will reference some other um, versions later in this um, in this lesson. So first John four, nine and 10, and it reads like this. In this was manifested the love of God toward us. Love here is agape. Because that God sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. 10. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Verse 10 again. Herein is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Have mercy. So with that in mind, we're going to talk about falling in love with Jesus. Come on. I said falling in love with Jesus. Love. Commission said love is in love till you've given it away. There's so much we can say about love. And isn't it interesting um, how we use the word falling in love? To fall in love. Wouldn't it be nice not to so much fall in love, but to learn to stand up in it? Falling tends to um, bring to mind something off balance. Something with the tendency to hurt you. Now, don't that sound like love? Come on, somebody. (laughs) And one does not simply fall over in it. There is a process. Somebody say process process. So we're going to talk a little bit about the process today. So I got three points. We're going to be out of your way. That's that Baptist upbringing. Come on. (laughs) Point number one, initial interest. Initial interest. When you talk about falling in love, um, I remember there was a song that came out some years ago. Jonathan Butler, the song was Falling in Love with Jesus, where we're getting our um, title today. And it became an instant hit. It, it, it could be heard in churches, workshops, conferences. People did praise dances to it, weddings, all of that. Anniversaries. I believe there is one main reason for this song's popularity. We all know what it's like to fall in love. We know what it's like. Can't wait to see him. Come on, constantly on the phone. (laughs) Ain't no mountain high enough. Ain't no river wide enough. Ain't no valley low enough to keep me from you. Come on here. Olita Adams back in the day said, I don't care how you get here. Just get here if you can. See, people write songs like that because they've been in love. Come on, on the phone till our hours. Those sweet nothings that mean everything. Talking about love. Young girls wonder about it. Grown women know about it. Come on. Is there a witness somewhere? Come on. The very concept of love, the very concept of that person brings up images of moonlight and long walks, candlelight and conversations. Come on. Just talking it over. Is there a witness in the house somewhere? Well, I believe there are three things, of course, that we want to discover and discuss about This phenomenon called love. And again, three points. Point number one, initial interest. Come on, initial interest. 
Before falling in love with someone, as it is um, frequently put, we must admit that something about them piques our interest. Come on. Whether someone tells you about them or you see them in a crowded room, something about that person interests you. And nowadays we have Facebook and websites. Come on. We can just sort of look at everybody's pictures. They profile. You know, check them out. That is to say, if the pictures are real, I mean, nowadays you you don't quite know. I'm just saying. Something about them piques your interest. It makes you curious. Somebody say curious. Now, we're going to step on in here, so y'all stay with me. Something about them attracts you. So it is with our Christ. The Bible doesn't say that Jesus was necessarily a handsome man. But what we have to admit and what we must concur with is that Christ was attractive. What do you mean, Sister Bryce? It means folks were always following him around. Folks in need of compassion or of healing or of feeding or being raised from the dead. Come on. The Bible says great multitudes of people from miles around thronged him. Matthew 8 and 1 says, when he had come down from the mountain, great multitudes followed him. Matthew 13 and 2 says, and great multitudes were gathered together unto him so that he went into a ship and sat by the seaside and the whole multitude stood on the shore. There was something charismatic about our Christ. Come on, in one instance, you remember, there were so many people in the crowd, Jesus couldn't tell who touched him. Oh, y'all remember. But there was a woman there who needed Jesus, though trembling and afraid, though though spent having spent all, was made nothing better. Uh, she dared to touch him. Why? Because she knew only he had what she needed. She knew that the issue in her called out the virtue in him. <laughs> the need in her called to the power in him. See, I'm throwing this in for free. There are some things that other folks can help you with. I mean, you know, you $5 short, you got your sister. Come on. You got to hurry up and get something done and you need a ride here or there because your car is in the shop or whatever. You know, we can lean on and depend on family and friends. Oh, but there are some things that though they would, they can't. Come on. There are some issues that you can only take to the Lord. Why? Because your friends got issues too. Come on. So in the case of this woman, she had an issue and she took it to the doctors, the physicians of the time, and they could not help her. Spent all her money, spent all her time, but she did not get any better. Instead, the Bible says she grew worse. So, but this woman heard that Jesus was coming to town. She heard there was a crowd gathering around a man who could heal you. A man who could fix what was wrong. Initial interest. There is something attractive about this Christ. So much so that she had heard about a man who could heal what ails you. Who could fix what was wrong with you. She said, I just wonder if he'll do it for me. There's something attractive about our Christ. She said, I just wonder. 
Because I heard about him, but, but will he do it for me? He makes us curious. Since we've heard that he has done it for others and faith comes by hearing. Hearing about the testimonies of others who once were blind, but now they see. Hearing about the testimonies of others, how God made a way out of no way. And let me throw this in for free too. Keep telling your testimony. Come on, women, because there's a young girl who needs to hear it. Come on, keep telling how you made it when you didn't think you would. How the Lord came through just in the nick of time. When you were out of time, he stepped in on time. (laughs) What you say? I said he's an on time God. Yes, he is. He makes us curious so much so that we press our way. To get what we need from God the Father. Something that makes us want to take him up on his offer. Well, his offer to what? To do what, Sister Bryce? Number one, he said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Take him up on his offer. Take him up on his offer to do what? Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Come on, try him. See, won't you like him? Take him up on his offer to do what? To see that I am the way, the truth, and the life. That no man cometh unto the Father but by me. Take him up on his offer to do what? Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts. If I will not open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing. That that there might not be room enough to receive it. Take him up on his offer to do what? Come unto me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. And I will give you rest. See if I won't do it. Try him. Try him. Is anybody curious? Are you in a place where you just need something from God? Family is good. Friends are good. Your boo is good. All of that is good. But there comes a time when you have a thirst that only the water of life can fill. You have a hunger that only the bread of life can fill. There's a Jesus-sized hole in our hearts that only Jesus can fill. Can I get a witness? So this woman, like so many others in scripture, came to Jesus just as she was, wearied, wounded, and sad, but she found in him a resting place, and he had made her glad. That sounds a lot like the old testimonies of old, and it sounds like mine too. Because I did come to Jesus just as I was. See, let me let me throw this in for free. It's like when you trying to start going to a gym. Now, I know everything is shut down now, but back in the day when we could, some of us were turned off by it because the people in there didn't look like they needed to be. They were already all cut and chiseled and, and, and acting like they wasn't breathing hard, bench pressing a thousand pounds and, and, and jump roping at the same time. They on the spin bike, then they doing calisthenics, then they doing elliptical. Listen, if you got it all together, That's a little intimidating to some of us who don't. Come on here. (laughs) You have to get together, get your body right to go to the gym. You know, that's how some people think. But not so when it comes down to coming to Jesus. You don't have to have it all together. In fact, you ain't going to get it all together. Come to him just like you are. All your bruises, wounds, and scars. Come on. Flaws and downfalls. He said, come to me. Come to me. We'll get you together. You know, 
He got to save your soul first. Then he'll save your body. The rest of it. Come on. Come to him. <laughs> oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. What did we say? Point number one, the initial interest. There's something about that person that piques your interest. You know, a picture. You say, oh, he's cute. What's going on? What? You know. Come on, y'all. Don't act like you didn't do it. Or somebody trying to hook you up with somebody or something. There, there's something interesting about him. Well, maybe he didn't have all the looks, but it's a, he had a real good job. Something, come on. <laughs> all right, moving on to point number two. From initial interest, we get increased investment. Yes, indeed. Increased investment. See, when you fall in love, you begin to invest. Come on, you begin to pour into that other person. You begin to study that person. You learn their likes, their dislikes. And, and, and when you're really serious, you start to love what they love. The more you hang around them, the more you want to hang around them. Come on. You hate what they hate. You go where they go. It, it's, it's a part of the process where you are becoming one. Not one in flesh, one in mind, but one in purpose. Come on, you stay individual people, but you have, begin to have the same purpose, goals, desires for one another. Come on, go where they go, like what they like. Share in what makes them happy. Share in what makes them sad. Like Ruth to Naomi, you say, I'm going with you. Your people will be my people. Where you lodge, I want to lodge. What's important to you is going to be important to me. I willingly invest in you because I believe it will be a good investment. So much so that it will pay high dividends in the end. I'm sticking with you. Somebody says serving God will pay off after a while. Stay with him. Because we won't wait too long because it'll start paying off right now. The song said, just keep working every day, whatever is right. God said he would pay. Serving God will pay off after a while. You might not see it right now, but tell your sister, hang on in there. Your labor is not in vain. The good Lord is what, what the old folks used to say, looking and booking. He sees your sacrifice. The book of Hebrews says he knows he sees your labor of love and he is not so forgetful. He will remember. He will remember. The songwriter said, I, oh, I, I just want to know you. I want to know you so well that nothing can make me doubt you. Oh, Lord, I want to know you so well. I want to know you so well. See, that's the thing about being in love with somebody. They know you. They know you. But the flip side is <laughs> the flip side is there's another song that came out and said, if you don't know me by now, <laughs> then you will never, ever know me at all. <laughs> now, see, that's the danger of it. If we've been together this long and you still don't know me, I, I don't know. I'm just saying. I'm saying what the song had said. That, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> the apostle Paul said, I want to know him. In the fellowship of his suffering and in the power of his resurrection, I want to know him. I, I want to be so close to him that he whispers in my ear. 
I want to be so close that, that those are the sweet nothings that mean everything. That he whispers in my ear that everything is going to be all right. When I'm in the midst of a storm, he quietly speaks peace. Ooh, you want a relationship like that. We don't have to yell. You don't have to scream. Because he's so close to you. He can whisper and, and, and bring that thing under control. See, oh, I want to know him so well. That nothing can make me doubt him. I want to know him in the fellowship of his suffering. See, oh God, you ain't going to know him in the power of his resurrection if you don't also know him in the fellowship of his suffering. Oh, you're going to go through down here. You better believe it. Job said man born of a woman is of a few days and full of trouble. Jesus said, oh in this life, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. Oh, it's going to get better. Tell yourself it's going to get better. It's going to get better. This thing is going to get better. All of it, all the way around, it's going to get better. I want to know him. So knowing him means reading. Come on, studying and meditating upon his word. Psalm 1 and 1 said, blessed is the man. That walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate both day and night. That's how you get to know him by reading what he said. I want to know him because he is not apart from his word. Because Jesus himself is the living word. The word made flesh which dwelt among us. You can't know him till you know his word. Tell your sister, read it, study it, meditate on it. Now tell yourself, read it, study it, and meditate on him. You got to say like Job, I know my redeemer living. (laughs) Psalm 46 and 10, be still and know that I am God. Psalm 103, know ye that the Lord, he is God. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. See, it's one thing to think it, but it's quite another to know it. To know it. See, when, when there is this increased investment, you start buying things for him. He starts buying things for you. Come on, he finds out your taste. What kind of shoes you like. Come on, it becomes an investment. You start giving. What does the Lord require? Give him your time. Fasting and praying. Studying and meditating. An increased investment of time, talent, and treasure. The Lord wants it. And you will be the better for giving it. So, what have we seen so far? We've seen the initial interest. That, 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 that this process of falling in love does not happen overnight. I know some people say love at first sight. I understand that. that. Okay. However, there still needs to be a process. You don't marry somebody you met yesterday. Okay. Okay. What if somebody did? Oh, Lord. I don't know. There, there, there should be time. It's process. Somebody say process. Initial interest. Something about that person piques your interest. So it is with Jesus. Somebody told us about him. Big mama. Mama and them. Somebody told us about, introduced us to Jesus. 
Oh, hallelujah. Aren't you glad somebody introduced you to Jesus? They made the introduction, but it's up to you to cultivate the relationship. Come on here. After the initial interest, there is the increased investment. You start learning more about him. Reading the word. See if he did it for others. Will he do it for me? Will he do it for me? Point number three. And we on our way. Inevitable intimacy. Inevitable intimacy. Y'all see these eyes that we done hooked up here. Initial interest. Increased investment. Now inevitable intimacy. What does it mean? Inevitable. Inevitable. Defined as what is going to happen if the current course is followed. If the current course of action continues, um, 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 this thing is going to happen. It's unavoidable. So inevitable what? Intimacy, closeness. Intimacy means close contact. Come on here. The more you spend time with the person, the more time you want to spend with them. The better acquainted with them you become. You know things about them other folks don't know. You are privy to inside information. <laughs> I said privy to inside information. The more you appreciate their little idiosyncrasies and habits, come on, you begin to understand why they do what they do. You begin to have certain insights concerning them. And these insights lead to closeness, intimacy. So it is with Christ. We can begin to look at our suffering and our burdens through different lenses. We begin to view it the way he views it. We graduate from the school of believing <laughs> into the school of knowing. Like the old songwriter says, I know the Lord will make a way somehow. See, before getting to know him, we, we, we're a little shaky in our faith. We have what I like to consider uh, a crisis faith. When something goes wrong, then we call it on Jesus. Oh, Lord, please fix it. Please, please fix it. Not that he won't. But as you get to know him, that crisis faith moves into what I call concrete faith. So much so that I call on him before the crisis. Because his track record is so good with me that I know he's going to fix it. May not come when I want him. But I know he's going to be on time. And he may not fix it like I want him to fix it. But he will fix it. And how will he do it? For his glory and my good. I trust him. Tell your sister, trust him. Trust him. That's what happens when you get to know him. And when there is inevitable intimacy, you trust him with things most precious. You believe he's working this thing out for his glory and your good. We will have faith enough to say like the psalmist, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? You're walking into a room uncertain, but faith enough to say, Lord, you got this. You can handle this. The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes came upon me to eat up my flesh, something happened. They stumbled and fell. Ah. Uh. That's the kind of faith that says, Lord, I don't have the answer, but I trust that you do. Intimacy, close contact. <laughs> you can't make me doubt him because I know too much about him. See, see that that's where we're trying to go right there. 
See, and when you got a really good relationship, can't nobody make you doubt that brother? Can't nobody doubt that woman? Can't nobody make you doubt that woman? It doesn't matter. You know him. You know, and oftentimes it's just a glance from across a room. You got each other. It don't matter who's between you. <laughs> Ain't no room for no infiltrator. Come on. <laughs> Talking about inevitable intimacy, close contact, no longer observing from afar. Instead, you're moving beyond the surface and the small talk. You're moving beyond um, this relationship that your mother told you about, Jesus. And, and moving beyond that until you have your own relationship with him. See, he may have been a walking cane to glory for grandma, but what is he to you? Come on, he may have been a bridge over troubled water for them, but what is he to you? He may have been a, 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 a light in darkness for them, but what is he to you? It becomes personal. So much so, you already decided, I want to know you. So much so that it's not experimental knowledge, but it is experiential knowledge. That is to say, it's not an experiment anymore. Once we get to this phase, we're not experimenting, honey. Now it's experiential. It's experience. Now I know you. That's when you can say, you can't make me doubt him because I know too much about him. See, the Lord has already done too much for me not to believe him, not to have faith in him. See, that's when your relationship is characterized by inevitable intimacy. When the Lord has already proven himself to you, keep on trusting. Keep on trusting. God says, as we get ready to close, in the Song of Solomon, out of the King James Version, King Song of Solomon Chapter two, verses four and five. He brought me to the banquet and his banner over me was love. Verse four. Let's read it again. He brought me to the banquet and his banner over me was love. Now, now see, you're so close. Now he's taking you out. <laughs> he's showing you off. He then took you to the banquet, showing you off. See, a man in love will do that. You ain't no secret. You ain't hiding behind closed doors. Honey, he wants everybody to know this is my woman. I am her man. He brought me to the banquet and his banner over me was love and had the nerve to put a banner up telling everybody she belongs to me. Look at verse five. Stay me with flagons. Comfort me with apples for I am sick of love. So now I had to deviate from, from my King James version. Had to go look at another version for a minute. One translation of verse five says, sustain me with raisins and apples for I am sick with passion. What? I am sick with another version said, strengthen me with flowers and refresh me with perfume for I am love sick. Baby, somebody done caught the vapors. This man treating her so well. You hear me? Let's look back at verse four. We're talking about falling in love with Jesus. Oh, what it say? He brought me to the banquet and his banner over me was love. Stay me with flagons. Comfort me with apples for I am sick of love. The other version says in verse five, sustain me with raisins and apples for I am sick with passion. Strengthen me with flowers and refresh me with perfume for I am love sick. See, when it's like this, oh baby, he's all you need. 
You're not even going to dibble-dabble with nobody else. You ain't fooling around with nothing else. You, you're not going to try to fix this thing yourself. You're taking it directly to the Lord. Why? Because he's already proven how much he loves you. I went on reading in the Song of Solomon, chapter 3, verse 4. It says, I found him whom my soul loveth. Come on, stay with me as I get ready to close. I found him whom my soul loveth. Now, it's interesting that the, the, the writer did not say, I found him whom my eyes love. Because, see, see, the eyes are what <clears throat> starts the fire burning from the beginning. It, that's responsible for that initial interest. Something caught my eye. Come on here. He didn't say, I found him whom my mind loveth. No, because the mind is cerebral. It's where we're trying to solve problems. But, but it is where we are initially intrigued. Come on. We are intrigued. We got questions. We're curious. We're interested in the mind. And he did not say, I found him whom my body loveth. Come on. 